During this episode of My Second Act, you will learn the key to a thriving, happy romance. I'm in. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. This is my second act. Radio was my first, and this is my second. I get it. My second act. I'm Donna. I'm Donna, and I'm your wife. And I realized the other day that uh, not having glasses just makes me completely unable to function in this world. It It is like level 2000 drama. Like, and I don't, so I, when I was in my thirties, I had um, LASIK surgery done so that I can see far away. And if I could go back in time, I think you can choose. I think you could choose one or the other, but I I didn't know at the time that I wasn't going to be able to see close up. But my doctor said, the day you turn 40, you're not going to be able to read things close up. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. And it's kind of like when they tell you to put money in your 401k and you're like, yeah, 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 I'll do that later. Anyway, so at 40, I couldn't see. I literally, I woke up and I could not see like Tylenol bottles up close, read anything. So now I wear readers. But if I don't have my readers, which I didn't the other day, I like almost just pulled over and started crying. And then I just have to go to CVS and buy a pair, a rogue pair, because I can't see anything. Like I can't see to text someone something. I I mean, like it's dangerous to text someone or because you're like, am I going to pick the wrong person? And I'm saying something about them. And then I, I can't even describe it to you. Like, I remember when I was working downtown one time, like, not having glasses. And I had to go down, you know, down the street somewhere and just buy, like, a rogue pair because I literally would have had to come home. That's how bad it is. I can't see my computer. I can't see anything. You're the same way. But you know what I realized? It's the one thing, like, okay, if your hair is not brushed or you, I don't know, if you forget to brush your teeth, you're, you're going to live through the day. Not being able to see makes you feel so vulnerable. Do you feel that way? I do. Like, because you need to be able to see. You yeah, need to be able to read. It makes you feel old. Like, we, I don't know, like dependent. Like, oh my God, can you read this for me? Can you do this for me? It's just the weirdest thing in the world. So I'm wondering if I could go back and get a second laser. No, we're not doing that. What? Mm-mm. We can't afford that. Okay. Sometimes medical decisions are not about money. That's more vanity election. Oh my gosh. Okay. I had it done when I was twenty. You had the original one done, where they like they slice your they slice yeah. your your eyeball open with a razor blade. You see the razor blade coming at your eyeball, and they're like, "Don't blink." It's like clockwork orange. Yeah, and then and then it feels like you have sand in your eyes. Um, yes. You know, I want to I want to hit pause here. Real My quick. doctor uh-huh. did Tyre Woods eyes. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Give out his number. Maybe you can get some free. Another round. Reason. Yeah. You know, with the vaccine, we're learning that there are people that are not going back. To get the second shot mm-hmm. that's necessary. I had an option when I was 20 years old and had uh, radial caricotonomy or something is what they called it. I don't know what it was. Or it was PK. PK surgery. I had an option to have one eye done and then come back and have the second eye done. Well, that's the way they used to do it because they wanted to make sure one took. And I said, I'll never come back. Oh, boy. I'll never come back because of my fear. And I'm sure because of the pain that I'm going to have. And so I would have walked around like with one eye at at 20% or 100% or whatever it is. And then the other one would be like at negative 800%. You'd be wonky. And I would have been my entire life. And so I said, if we're going to do this, knock them both out in the same day. It's kind of like the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I know that if I do uh, Moderna or uh, Pfizer, which are the two shots, 
the chances are very, very high that I'm not going back to get my second dose for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Do you agree? That's lazy. There's a lot of people, though, that aren't getting that second dose. I know. Well, I got the because Madonna. Because they get sick. Huh? I got the Madonna, and I'm going back in Madonna. next week. Yeah, that's what I call it. Okay. So I'm going back in next week. But there are people that aren't getting that second dose because they're either afraid they got sick. Well, most people, and that's the problem. And I'm, I feel that way. Like, because everyone's told me after the second one for Madonna, that's when you get sick. And so I'm like, oh, do I really want to get the second one? But yes, you have to. You have to fulfill your agreement. Because I, I can't get my card laminated if I've only got one. And I need that card. I want that card. All you right. Know? Hey, Alexa. Play Cadillac Jack podcast and the most recent episode of My Second Act is going to air immediately. Doesn't matter where you are. All right. So check that out. Voicemail text line 770-464-6024. Give you the number again. You can text. You can leave a voicemail. All messages come straight to my phone. And coming up later in this episode, we're going to highlight some pot peeps and things um, that uh, uh, listeners of the podcast have to say about some recent episodes. 770-464-6024. What did you want to be when you were little? What did you want to be when you were growing up? Little Donna. What did little, little girl. What did little Donna want to be when she was growing up? Well, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but then I wanted to um, move to California, get a black firebird, Trans Am, and I wanted to have wings like Farrah Fawcett, and I wanted to be an L.A. Rams cheerleader. And I was obsessed. I wanted to go to UCLA. I wanted to live in L.A. I wanted to be a Rams cheerleader. I'm telling you the whole thing. Because what I realized with being a vet is I couldn't do the bad stuff. Like, I could do the good stuff. I wanted to pet all the dogs and stuff, but I couldn't do the bad stuff. But I put them down. Exactly. What did you want to be? I wanted to be a marine biologist. Why? I wanted to, I wanted to work at SeaWorld. Oh. That or a forklift driver. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Yeah, because my dad sold, when I was young, my dad sold Caterpillar. Um like the huge, he also did electronics, you know, he yeah. sold, you know, TVs and VCRs and camcorders, uh, head back and pick up an episode called zoom in on the woolly booger, uh, for a story about my dad and, and the original camcorder days. But yes. my dad, before he got into electronics, sold like earth moving equipment, like huge caterpillar earth moving things and forklifts and things like that. Well, that's because, okay. So when we were little and we were growing up, People wanted to be things. They wanted to be a doctor. They wanted to be a lawyer. They wanted to be a veterinarian. They wanted to be a cheerleader. They wanted to be a forklift driver. Nowadays, you just don't hear kids saying that those are things they want to be. Like, we're going to include a picture of our daughter, Charlotte, our youngest daughter, in this week's letter. And in fourth grade, they asked her what she wanted to be. And they wrote it on a little chalkboard sign. And her says YouTuber. She wanted to be a YouTuber. And now she has a YouTube channel and she actually monetizes it. She makes more money than I do. So she manifested that and I'm proud of her. But the point to this is that kids just don't want to be like professions anymore. Because I think in their world, it's become easier to see people making money selling tennis shoes on the streets. Like, you know, you can do that. This gig economy. You know, most kids are now thinking like, I don't really have to go to school for 50 years to be a doctor. I can be like a YouTuber. I could do TikTok. I could get famous. I can, you know, I I do know a friend of mine's son sells tennis shoes and he makes so much money because he buys them and then resells them, you know, and like he'll sell Yeezys and he'll sell, you know, Air Jordans. I mean, and makes a fortune doing it. You can get a couple of Pokemon cards if you have the right ones and sell them on eBay. You know, Olivia, 
upfits clothes and sells them on these clothing sites and makes money. I mean, they just look at the world totally different than you and I and our generation did of growing up of, okay, this is what I really want to be. And, and maybe you weren't going to be any of those things, but that you, you were kind of like this, is what I want to be, you know, a fireman or whatever. And so you and I were talking about it because, you know, one of the most famous families who people say got famous for doing nothing in the beginning, I'm not saying that now, was the Kardashians. And there's a big stink right now about Khloe Kardashian that there was um, an unfiltered, unedited picture that one of her assistants put up. And it's of her in a bathing suit. And you've seen the picture. It's not a horrible picture. It's certainly not edited and it doesn't have all the correct lighting and, and the background and all that. But she came unhinged, she being Khloe Kardashian, and insisted that this be taken down so much so that her lawyer got involved. And said that this picture has to be taken down. And then she goes and does a live stream showing her actual body and what it really looks like. And then she posted a picture of her, you know, supposedly her unedited body. And this is what it really looks like. And her whole viewpoint on it was that she's worked so hard on her body and she was always the Kardashian that people kind of made fun of you know, said she was the heavier one or she was this and that she believed she should have control over what pictures are put up. But this is what she said about um, filters and all of that kind of stuff as far as it goes. She said she again, she being Chloe, uh, she chooses to use filters and photo editing unapologetically, just as she wears makeup and gets manicures to present myself to the world the way I want to be seen. My body, my image and how I choose to look and what I want to share is my choice. It's not for anyone to decide or judge what is acceptable anymore. Here's my thing with it. I am guilty. I use filters. You use filters. We all use filters. I I, I wouldn't know how to use a filter if I had to. You've had me put hair on you before in a picture. Yes, you have. We've all used filters. My point to this is, I told you the other day, if everybody in the world would quit using filters, then we could all quit using filters. But we can't put up a picture of ourselves. I mean, we can but you, everybody does so much to their pictures now that if you put up a true picture of yourself, people are like, hmm, is that what they really look like or whatever? So even if you just, and I'm not even talking about editing your face. I'm talking about just the background or you can put presets. If you don't know what those are, you can put a certain kind of lighting on your pictures to make them look better. Again, I'm not talking about, you know, you can go as far with like Facetune and stuff of narrowing your nose, changing your eye color, all these wackadoozy. I put one up the other day as a joke, this pillow face filter that's going around where you look like you've had all these fillers done to your face. It's insane. The filters that you can use. The bigger conversation is what is it doing to our kids? What is it doing to them? And we see it in real life. Because you and I were talking about it, you know, when I cleaned out my mom's house and we found this photo album, we're like, look at my hair. Oh, my God, look at my teeth. That must have been before braces. Our kids will never have that because every photo you get of them, you can retouch there. If they have a, an acne spot, you can retouch it. You know, you, you it, it's almost like there's no real life anymore. And, and I told you, I think what's missing is all kidding aside is being able to take a family photo just a spontaneous family photo. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you have teenager, I'm not talking about like when our kids were little, you could snap them doing anything. But when they get into middle school on up, you can't take a family picture because nobody's going to agree 
on how they look in the picture. I don't like my teeth in that picture. No, you don't post that. Don't send that anywhere. Don't use that. What are you, are you going to put that on a Christmas card? And it takes all the spontaneity and fun out of just taking a family picture. I mean, now when you go anywhere, watch people when they're taking pictures. What is the first thing? When you used to, when your parents snapped a picture, they snapped a picture and you moved on to the next thing and they snapped a picture. Now what happens when someone takes a picture? Everybody wants to see it. Everybody comes over, crowds around, looks at it and has to sign off on it. And there's going to be one of your kids that's going to be like, I don't like that. I don't like the way I look. And I'll say this. I think when we went to digital pictures as opposed to our parents taking pictures, there are probably, and you, if you're listening, you would agree with this, some of you, that there's huge gaps where you didn't take a lot of pictures mm-hmm. of your kids. You know, again, you have thousands of pictures of them when they're little, but because they become self-conscious about the way they look for whatever reason. And you have to respect that. But at the same time, that self-consciousness is coming from what's going on in society. You know, sidebar conversation, Charlotte came down last night and it was a funny conversation. She was saying that these kids now in, you know, she's a freshman and she was saying these sixth and seventh and eighth graders, mom, you should see the pictures that they're posting, like from spring break and these bathing suits and stuff. She's like, when I was in sixth and seventh grade, I was posting pictures of my dog. And the conversation was even just for her generation, how much changes how quickly, you know, that there is some sort of innocence lost. And yes, this is a constant conversation. Everybody's having it. And, and again, I'm not standing on the side of, oh, because I I've, I've filter my pictures. I have. I do. So it's not right or wrong. I just think the bigger picture is what, do we, what is the message that we're sending to people? That your imperfections are ugly or, you know, not wanted or I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. I think that that's part of the conversation. I also think that the lack of pictures because of this is part of the conversation because nobody wants to take a picture. And so there are, I, I can speak to our family, there are huge voids mm-hmm. where there are no photographs at all of the kids or with us with the kids because nobody wants to take pictures. I, I, I'm not ready to take a picture. I, I can't imagine telling my mother when I was growing up, I'm not ready to take a picture. I know, my I, mom would be like, I'm, I'm going to put some spit on that cow lick and you're going to stand over exactly. here. You're going to smile with your high waters. Exactly. And I think, you know, if you have young kids, my thing was always um, get in the picture. I've said this before, wade into the water, go into the water park. Even if you think you look fat in your bathing suit, get out there, participate, take pictures because there does come a time. We have so many pictures and I love pictures and the kids make fun of me all the time. I pull up time hot pictures and I send them to everybody in like group text because I do think it's funny. It, it just, it does warm your heart to look back and be like, golly, look at us at that point. And yes, you, you know, when I've sent those to you before, you've been like, oh my gosh, I was, you know, and I've said it too. I was as big as a house or I was, look at me. Oh, look how good I looked in that picture. Well, oh God, what was I doing then? I must've been working out. That's part of life. And I think for me, I give myself more grace because when you look back at the pictures as an older curmudgeon, you look back at them like, God, those were innocent days. Those were fun days. Instead of looking at the picture and going, oh, God, I was fat. Why was I wearing that shirt? You know, so if there's any advice from an old person, just take a lot of pictures. Who's the old person in the studio? Me and you. Take a lot of pictures. You know, and our kids are always like, oh, mom, another picture. Yes, another picture. Another but I'm not picture. ready. Get ready. Yeah. And you're always good because you'll say, just just appease your mother. Yeah. You know, just smile. Make mom happy. 
Mm-hmm. Smile and wave like the penguins in Madagascar. Personal vehicle ownership is more important than ever before. And there's no better place to shop and compare new vehicles than the 39th Annual Atlanta International Auto Show. Uh, happening right now at the Georgia World Congress Center in downtown Atlanta, Building C. The latest that the automakers have to offer, including the new Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid, the Fiat 500X, the Jeep Wrangler 4XE, the Kia Sorento, uh, the Toyota Sienna. Plus, you can chat with industry professionals who travel with their specific brand or, or manufacturer. And they can answer any questions about the latest in uh, vehicle safety or, or the latest in, in technology. And you can also see great special attractions, including exotic cars, classic cars, and other specialty vehicles. GoAutoShow.com is where you can buy your tickets in advance. Things are being done differently here uh, in, in, in 2021 at the Auto Show. For obvious reasons, uh, you, masks are required and, and, and you're being asked to practice social distancing. But this event is going on and there was much discussion about whether or not MOD of the Metro Atlanta Automobile Dealers Association, uh, who produces the, the auto show, MOD is your franchise new car and truck dealers. A lot of conversation about are we going to be able to pull this off or not? And it was so important to MOD and to uh, the franchise new car and truck dealers here in the Atlanta area, all uh, hundred and something of them, that they wanted this event to go on and it's happening through sunday april 18th the atlanta international auto show building c Northside drive you can also uh, purchase parking in advance at goautoshow.com see the latest brands the latest lines from the manufacturers and exotic cars it's just a great family event maybe you hadn't been out uh, of your bubble or out of your, your 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 suburb during the pandemic and everybody's vaccinated now, or you feel safe enough to, to go. This is a great day. You can spend four or five hours at the auto show. The kids are not going to be bored. They're going to be entertained. There's food available. Uh, there are ATMs on site, which is a question that we always, when we travel with the family, you got to know. Are the ATMs on site? Or we got to stop at the bank on the way there. Or, or do you ATM. have your wallet? That's the other one. Do you have your wallet? Yes, I always have my wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, ATMs on site, and uh, it's a great family event happening now. Go autoshow.com. Adult tickets are $12. Kids 6 to 12 are $6. Kids five and under are free. Go autoshow.com. $30 off your first order is a very generous offer from Dinner Affair. Dinner Affair is a uh, an Atlanta-based company owned by Ken and Stephanie Wright. And they have been doing Dinner Affair right for uh, years and years and years. We were, were customers, clients, and fans of Dinner Affair long before Ken and Stephanie partnered with us for this podcast because we understood the value of getting a great, delicious, nutritious, healthy meal for the family and it not taking hours and hours to prepare. Yes, and I use Dinner Affair for gifts um, a lot when we were customers before we even started, you know, talking about them, like you said, on the podcast. I sent it to um, a couple of people over the years who had maybe had a death in the family or they had had a new baby. This is a great gift for someone who has just had a new baby, because when you come home from the hospital, the last thing you want to think about is what you're going to eat. And you're not able to go to the grocery store. You're not able to cook as many meals, especially if someone who's had a C-section is going to kind of be off their feet for a while. So I did this a lot and people were so thankful and you can just get a gift card and then they get to go in and just like you, if you're a dinner fair customer, you get to pick your meals, pick your delivery, they control everything. So it's not like you have to call them and say, 
you know, there's some companies where you're like, what kind of food do you like? Are you a vegetarian? Do you like this kind of thing? They control it. All you're doing is giving them a digital gift card and they get to go on and pick their meals and they will become dinner fair customers for life. And you will too. And the great thing about dinner fair is if you want to do it for three months, if you want to do it for 10 years, if you want to pause it, because maybe you are going to the beach, it's not a service where food's going to arrive on your porch, whatever they've got in their warehouse, they're just going to send it to you in bulk, whether you ask for it or not. You control everything. 15 new meals every month at dinneraffair.com. You go in, you pick the meals that you want, depending on you know several different packages, different price points, depending on the size of your family, how many servings you want. Uh, for six chef-created dinners, feeding four to six people, the dinner affair price for six dinners is $189. That comes down to five and a quarter a serving, $5.25 a serving. And that's $189 plus $30 off first order. Uh, with the promo code CADDY2021, dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. We do have a small ask of you. Three things. Follow us here. Help us out, would you please? Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Invite and encourage three people in your circle to enjoy the podcast and listen to the end of each episode. And uh, show some sponsors uh, some love. The Atlanta International Auto Show through Sunday. GoAutoShow.com, Gallery Furniture in Gainesville, Dinner Affair, and the Jackson Brubaker Law firm guests of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast stay at the nearly new Even Hotel at Avalon. Steps some world class shopping, dining, and entertainment. Your hype song, Donna, on the way here to the Appen Media Group and Appen Podcast Network. We are 30 miles north, directly north, downtown Atlanta. Beautiful Alfred. It's my little friend, Posty Malone. It's wow. Ah, him. Oh my gosh, I love that song. He's got a new song. No, it's an old song. Oh, it's okay. just my favorite one. You know, it's all the housewives rolling up. No, I, I'm not familiar with that one. G Wagon, G Wagon, G Wagon. You know that one. Okay, maybe so, yeah. All the housewives rolling up. Yeah, I love it. Just love that song. So anyway, I'm adding that. A little posty. What about you? Uh, some Jason Aldean. Oh. He was on Idol pretty recently. Are you adding Flyover State? I am. Oh, I love that song. That's one of my favorite Jason Aldean songs. It tells such a story. I love Flyover State. What story States. does it tell for you? It just these guys going on a trip, flirting with flight attendants. You know? Tell me about that story, Chelsea. Well, but I'm serious. When you hear that song, I always love to listen to that song when I'm flying. I love that song because it just talks about all these towns that are in the Midwest. Just, you know, people think they're flyover states, but there's this whole world going on down there. A couple guys flirting with flight attendants. I imagine they're heading out to Vegas. I'm with Jason Aldean. All right. I love that one. Search, uh, simple search, Donna and Caddy Hype Songs on Spotify, and you'll have hours worth of... Uh, Listening entertainment. I told you, Great I don't music. know if you're watching Idol, but on that particular performance, that little boy is 16 years old. I don't, I don't even know his name. That sang with um, Aldine. Aldine, because it was the night where they do the duets. And it started out good. I told you that. I, I was like, oh, this kid's pretty good, because he's kind of got like a deep voice. And then it got rough. It got rough. And I think those um, those duets, they can go one or two ways. And it's interesting, like that's not an easy song to sing. And it like usually in the duets, the person from Idol kind of takes the lead and the, the artist, the artist sort of, you know, steps into the background and lets them carry. But there's a lot of lyrics in that song. And that kid was he was struggling. And you could see the Jason's like, OK, I'm just going to, you know, pick this up because there's Jason just has his own vibe. Everybody's got their own thing, but he has his and he has got Jason Aldean down. You could hear any song and know 
Oh, that's a Jason Aldean song. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, and he doesn't write them. I don't think, I think he has writers, but he, he just perfectly picks his music. You know, it's just so Jason Aldean. I am a huge Jason Aldean fan. If you've never seen him in concert, that's one of the best concerts to go see. Cause it, Oh my God. It's hit after hit after hit after hit. Don't you remember seeing him at the battery? Yeah. How much fun we had. Mm-hmm. We've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Why has no one called me? Four. And well, hang on. And asked me to be an expert witness. Oh God. On the Derek Chauvin trial. Because you don't live there. And you weren't involved but, but, but in it. But Court TV or someone, the Law and Justice Network, someone should reach out to me and let me be a talking head and break down the day's testimony and the day's witnesses. Uh, this is the trial. We're, we're getting ready to wrap week three. Uh, officer, former Minneapolis Police Department officer Derek Chauvin is, well, he, he, he's the guy that murdered George Floyd by putting his knee on George's neck. And... Um, I have always been a, a, a true crime uh, junkie. I have been, and I'm I'm enjoy the court system and and what all happens there. So for the past three weeks, I have not gotten an awful lot done, except for watching from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. Oh, the trial every day, and then I update you. When you do some laundry in between, I, well, I do, but I update you throughout the day. But I'm just I, I don't shocked need to know. Yeah, I just I'm just shocked that no one has not said Cadillac Jack. Please come on and give us your thoughts every day at at six o'clock of the for the Derek Chauvin trial on how the juries on how they're doing, how the prosecution and defense is doing. Yeah, yeah. Someone said to me, "Who is defending Chauvin?" Yes, because the state. The prosecution has, uh, I mean, there are, are, are uh, district attorneys and inspector generals and associate district attorneys and, and whoever those people are that represent the state. I think there's a team like of 10 different attorneys on that side. Representing Chauvin, is his last name is Nelson, and he's one attorney, and he's losing his voice, and he, he looks sickly, and he sweats a lot. Bless his heart. Because it's just him. You know, the, the prosecution, the state, when they have a witness take the stand, um, they will rotate between the 10 prosecution attorneys um, who gets what witness. You know, with 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 Chauvin's defense, it's just this Nelson cat. I mean, he's just up all the time. And um, someone said to me, well, who who's is he getting paid? And And he's getting paid. But. He drew the very unfortunate short straw because here's what happens. I didn't know this. In Minneapolis, which is where George Floyd was killed, in the state of Minnesota, if you are a law enforcement officer, you are part of a union. Mm -hmm. And part of your union dues go into a legal defense fund so that if you as a police officer are ever um, charged with something and, 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 and you have to go to court. Your representation, meaning your attorney, is paid for. And provided by the state. So there was some man in line because they just rotate. And you don't know, you know, you could get picked up on a very simple case to represent a policeman in in, in the state of Minnesota for a, a traffic violation. But this Nelson guy drew, he, he was up, his number came up to represent Derek Chauvin in the murder trial of George Floyd. And you told me he wasn't the first choice. No, somebody came down with COVID. So they said. 
And so um, they're like, all right, Nelson, you're up. He's like, what? They're like, yeah, you got you to be ready to go in three days. And imagine the documents that he has to go through. 50,000, Donna. 50,000 yeah. documents in this trial. And he's on trial as much as, as Chauvin is because it's like, you know, people are saying that he's losing ground and he's not. But I mean, like you said, I mean, when you look behind the scenes, like this guy was not like, because I think even Charlotte asked us like, did this person who's representing him want to represent him? And it's like, not necessarily. Well, we don't know, but right. it didn't matter. It didn't. Right. That's my point is that it wasn't like. His number was, that. It was your rotation. It wasn't like. Nelson, you know, you're up. Yeah. Well, where am I going? You're going to courtroom 8A to defend Derek Chauvin, who's the, the police officer that murdered George Floyd. What? Yeah. <laughs> I got spring break coming up with the kids. My wife's going to kill me. They bring in all of these expert witnesses, too, that are paid. And it's always interesting. Here's what's going on. In this trial right now and i got there, there's a pot peep that reached out to me uh and said how are you watching it because i also cancel court tv there, there are all of these expert witnesses right now um it's the state's case right now the defense is not taken over and and so when you're an expert witness you you are paid to come in and basically give the testimony that you're being paid to give right mm-hmm. i mean would you agree yes come on so there's one dude Dr. Tobin, I think is his name. And like he is considered to be the most uh, expert on pulmonary and cardiovascular breathing or some shit. I don't know. Donna, his hourly rate is $1,300 an hour. Wow. Well, good for him. We're in the wrong business. Yeah. We could be pulmonary experts. But there again, let me be an expert. Let me be an expert talking for head. For what? For like court TV or somebody. Okay. You know, because I'm watching every day and I'm taking notes as well. But he, but back to him, his, the funniest thing about you told me about him was he, he, his wife said he needed to get on a plane. Yes. Yes. Well, well, <laughs> you know, the, the, the defense wants to know what your hourly rate is because they want the jury to know you're being paid to be here. Right. And so all of the expert witnesses that they brought up and they've shifted now to the medical portion of the trial. And so the expert witnesses are doctors and things. And, and, um, this one man, uh, was like, uh, somebody's, you know, are you, you're being paid to be here. He's like, I better be because my wife's expecting me to get paid. <laughs> and he's like, I also have a flight at eight o'clock tonight. And if I'm not home by 10, my wife's going to come looking for me. She must be mean as yeah. a snake. Can you imagine? They flew him in from like Chicago, but there, there have been expert witnesses coming in from Pennsylvania and, and they had an expert witness from the Los Angeles police department. Why? Would you fly someone in from the LAPD to talk about the use of force um, yeah. when you're in Minneapolis? It just didn't make There's Listen, there are things that don't make sense to me. And if you retain my services as an expert witness on the Derek Chauvin trial, you'll be happy to share. You'll those. get those points of view. I love that. There is a key to a thriving, happy romance. We're Please share tell it with us. You right now. You ready? Tell us. Cadillac Play, Jack. Playfulness. Couples who play together stay together, Donna. Okay. What does that mean? Play tennis, pickleball? What do we no. do? play together meaning um th- there have been studies in the past is this gonna be dirty huh is this dirty we'll, we'll see as okay. we go through oh god there have been studies that have looked at, at, at play and playfulness in children but researchers say it's understudied in adults especially its role in romantic life so this study says donna that basically if if you goose your spouse and you're you're playful then you're going to get a whole lot further with your romance like role play and things. I don't think it means anything about role playing. I think it's just like, like revelry, lightheartedness. Revelry. What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> like lightheartedness. No, 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 no. Joking. 
fun. Previous research shows adult playfulness helps people to build and maintain social relationships. This has also been seen in animals through rough and tumble play and facial expressions. So what they're saying is you need to frolic like spotted hyenas in the uh, sand seers of the Sahara and and goose one another. And 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 because of that, your, your sex life is going to get a whole lot better. Like Sally trying to hump Roscoe. Yes. Which is in reverse because Sally is the female. Right. And Roscoe is the male. And Roscoe does not like it when his older sister Sally tries to hump him. Yes, he gets very nervous. All right. You're talking about a side eye. Yeah. All right. Well, well let's talk about role playing. Oh, God. Okay. You and I. Where, where are we huh? going with this? What? Where are we going with this? Well, I always enjoy going to the costume store on November 1st. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carl. Because everything is 50% off. You can get a pilot uniform. Okay. Let's talk about my, let's talk about the uniforms that I have. Okay. I have a pilot uniform. Okay. I have a firefighter uh-huh. uniform. I have a reindeer, yes. which kind of is borderline furry, but it's a, a reindeer outfit. You have a leprechaun. I have a leprechaun. Mm. Who doesn't want to frolic with a leprechaun? And I also have a, um, a doctor's white coat. And you'll recall the time. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> That we were role-playing, and I think I was an OBGYN, if I recall. And I asked you if you were prepared for your pap smear. Okay, please stop talking. And you said that it just killed the mood. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. All right. Not all of those are, you, you had, like, you had the leprechaun for some St. Patty's Day thing you were doing. Do you remember that, don't you? No, it had nothing to do with me. It was like a parade or something. We've done stewardess and pilot before. Okay, I'm gonna, let's move on from this segment. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. Well, but I think that it's. In, I think that the, again, the key to a thriving, happy romance is plenty of playfulness. I mean, we've been married 17 years, so and role playing. Yeah, you know, you done with that segment. I am. All right, shop now, pay later. I'm sure Dawn is just thrilled that we roll into her spot. Take it home today, indeed. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. They got whatever you're looking for. There. <laughs> they have everything. Everything that you're looking for up there, Don. Everything. If you are ready mm-hmm. to redo your house, I am. There's some things we okay, need. Okay, well, not now. With some things we need. There's a lot of things that we need. Yeah. So, but if you are in that position and maybe you got a little stimmy check, a little stimulus check or something going you're on. Yeah, you're stymie and you're ready to spend a little money. Maybe you didn't go on vacation this year or do spring break because of everything that's going on with the world and you got a little extra money. Go up there and look around, at least just look around and see if there's something you need. Um, don't think of galleries as just a furniture store. They have rugs. They have, you know console tables they have lamps you don't have to come in you don't necessarily have to have the full recliner and the the big sectional you you may can just go up there and get a couple of pieces and she has that available for you you can search the website ask for the wolfman.com wolfman wait a minute i remember the wolfman yes you do ask for the wolfman and the crazy commercials that, that the wolfman and donna used to uh produce back uh gosh decades ago during the Braves games they're still around all right the wolfman legacy continues 16,000 square foot showroom and warehouse in Gainesville. 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Recliners from 299 tons of bedding options. Ask for the wolfman.com. All right, let's do a couple pod peeps, Donna. Let's do it. Sherry reached out on She's the She's from Conley. Okay. I love Conley. What do you know about Conley, Georgia? I don't know. I just have always loved Conley. Have we been to Conley, Georgia? We've been through there. Go ahead. Regarding Joe Diffie, Sherry writes. 
I started shuffling Joe Diffie on my Echo as soon as I was done listening to the podcast. Hard to believe it's been a whole year. FYI, I recently cut the cord and am streaming via Sling. It has all the channels I want, less than half what I was paying for cable. It's time. Sherry, thank you. It is time. Kelly Jack, it's time. Other than, I think that the satellite bill is about as expensive as the Verizon bill is for cell phones in our house. And it's astronomical. But yes, uh, Joe Diffie, so many great hits. And I added one last week to the Spotify Hypes on Playlist because it had been a year since Joe passed of of, uh, COVID. Michelle Kellett, Caddy, just listening to yesterday's show. I haven't missed a minute of the trial either. Love court cases. Download the Court TV app and uh, cast it to your TV. I can do that for you. What does that mean? You you basically, oh my God, Carl. It's what does like, that mean? I've never heard that before. You're putting the video up onto your TV. It's much better than ABC coverage. Also, then you'll have the app on your phone. And if you need to run errands, you can still watch and listen. Michelle, seriously? Why are we creating this? I'm in. Thank you, Michelle. Y'all should watch together. Like Zoom it. Do a Zoom. Like a clubhouse. Yes. Where's yes. that thing going, by the way? It's on my notifications every five minutes. That somebody is starting a, a room. And the other night, you, you accidentally entered oh a room. God. Which is embarrassing. It's horrible. Like if, we, if you hit that notification by accident and suddenly you are in a room. It, people are just talking. Yeah. And we were laying in bed. Yeah. Playing pilot. No, we weren't. Flight attendant. Bonnie Jackson on the Cadillac Jack Facebook fan page uh, wrote, Bo and I are listening to your podcast on the beach, as you suggested. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, we chaperone a great group of seniors for spring break. I can't tell you how much we laughed because it is all so true. No one comes with money. Kids will eat everything in minutes. And we have resisted being those 1980s MTV parents. Thanks for the reality check and the chuckle. Talking about spring break and, oh, and your yeah. PSAs from a recent episode about um, how no one comes with any money. Yeah. And I've had, a couple, I've, I've had a couple people reach out to me and just say that they listen to the podcast once they got down to the beat and they're like, I'm, I'm living this right now. Like one person told me that they, they need to put up a stanchion in front of their house, like because there's so many kids coming in and out. Like, you know, they need to clock them in, find out exactly who's there. You know, they don't they said they go out to the back to the pool and like they started with five kids and they walked out there and there's like 22 kids. And they're like, how did this happen? Like they're having a rager and didn't even know they were having one. So we feel spring break, well. baby. Yes. Thank you, Bonnie. And uh, thank you, Bo, for your support of the podcast. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.